Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. Every week, decisions are made across Maine that affect the future of our environment. Lawmakers in Augusta propose or debate new bills. Mainers speak up on proposals made by corporations or state agencies. Clean energy projects are launched, or communities take action to address threats to clean air or water or open spaces that they cherish. Since 1959, NRCM has been on the front lines, tracking these developments and tapping into the power of Maine people, science, and the law. NRCM does this to protect and enhance the nature of Maine. So every two weeks, we'll sit down with advocates and experts to discuss some of the most important stories you need to know about and what lies ahead. Thank you for listening as we share our view from the front lines. Happy Earth Day. I'm Colin Durant, NRCM's Advocacy Communications Director, and I'm here with a very special guest, NRCM Staff Scientist and Healthy Waters Director, Nick Bennett. Uh, We are really excited to have Nick on. We wanted to invite him onto the podcast to discuss an issue that's been in the news a lot over the uh, past month or so that Nick's uh, really heavily involved in, and that's the restoration of the Kennebec River, uh, further restoration of the Kennebec River. But before we do, I want to give a quick rundown, as we do every episode, of some of the uh, other exciting developments over the past few weeks that we think you need to know about. Uh, First, this week, the Biden administration is hosting a virtual global uh, climate summit with the leaders of China, India, and nearly 40 other countries. Now, as part of this important meeting, the U.S. is announcing a new goal as part of the Paris Climate Accord that we will reduce carbon pollution by nearly 50%. Uh, from 2005 levels by 2050. Uh, So promising progress there. And also on the federal front, Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland announced that she's revoked the previous administration's order that was uh, promoting oil and gas drilling on public land. She also required that climate change be a factor in agency decisions. So we're really seeing this all government approach from the Biden administration to climate action. Uh, Closer to home, Uh, Maine Maine lawmakers are uh, really busy and we're pleased to see some positive votes for the environment. Uh, The Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee voted overwhelmingly in a 10 to 2 vote to support a bill uh, that would ban foreign government-owned corporations like Hydro-Quebec from spending money on referendum campaigns in Maine. This is important because Hydro-Quebec is spending millions, uh, more than 10 million, to try and influence Maine voters' opinions on the CMP corridor. The Environment and Natural Resources Committee voted to ban the intentional uh, release of balloons into the environment. That's often done as part of public gatherings and events, but they have a huge impact um, in the in the ocean and across the land because they end up as plastic pollution, harming wild wildlife, fish, other species. Um, and it's an issue that fishermen and lobstermen have also raised concern about. Now, a cooperative effort NRCM was involved in called the Maine, this is get ready for this, the Maine Utility Regulatory Reform and Decarbonization Initiative uh, released its report on how Maine can build a modern electric grid uh, to help increase reliability, to support the clean energy economy. Related to that, uh, Our Power Maine released the details of their bill that would create a consumer-owned nonprofit utility called Pine Tree Power Co., that would replace the current model of investor-owned electric companies that's currently operating in Maine. Uh, Finally, the Appropriations Committee uh, is beginning hearings this week on bond proposals. 
uh, including a hearing that's a top priority bill for us at NRCM that would provide 20 million for energy efficiency uh, weatherization programs to assist seniors, low-income households, towns, and schools. That's sponsored by uh, Republican Senator uh, Pouliot. And finally, NRCM CEO Lisa Pullman joined Hannaford this week at an event where they announced they'd eliminated food waste from all 183 of their stores, diverting 65 million pounds uh, that would have gone into landfills. This is a great example of a company leading by example, and also came as the town of Winslow, uh, which is where our colleague Todd lives, started a new food waste pilot project in partnership with the University of Maine. Okay, that was a lot. Woo, I'm going to take a breath. Um, now we're going to switch gears to Nick and to the Kennebec, where four dams between Waterville and Skowhegan present a grave risk to endangered Atlantic salmon and other sea-run fish. The dams are owned by the international energy giant Brookfield Renewable Partners, who is putting up quite a fight. Wild Atlantic salmon are endangered. And uh, uh, Nick, as you said, removing these four dams is our best chance to save this uh, really amazing fish. So I just wanted to start off with uh, just some scientific background from you into why these dams need to go. Sure. Um, So for starters, Historically speaking, the Kennebec is the best river in the state for uh, sea run fish, fish that live in the ocean, but come back to rivers to spawn. And um, especially for Atlantic salmon, the Kennebec was the most productive river in the country. And uh, right now, the Atlantic salmon are extinct everywhere in the United States, except for the state of Maine. And we're the last chance for salmon to um, come back from the edge of extinction in this country. And there isn't a better river in the state um, for salmon than the Kennebec. But unfortunately, the first uh, significant spawning habitat for Atlantic salmon on the Kennebec isn't until the Sandy River, which comes into the Kennebec, excuse me, um, just above Skowhegan. And between Waterville and Skowhegan, there are four dams that lack effective fish passage that are preventing adult salmon from making it up to the sandy to spawn and are killing juvenile salmon, also known as smolts, on their way out um, from the Sandy River after they've been, the adults get trucked up there um, by Department of Marine Resources. So there's some natural reproduction happening there, although at a very small level. And the Department of Marine Resources also plants salmon eggs in the Sandy River. So there are juvenile salmon that are born that way. And um, they try to get out um, from the Sandy and go back to the ocean. But many of them are killed um, going uh, through the four-dam gauntlet on their way out. So these four dams are a huge obstacle to restoring salmon and all the other species of sea-run fish in Maine rivers. And... um, really because of the, the, the importance of the habitat at the Sandy and the incredibly perilous state of Atlantic salmon right now, the only way that we're going to restore um, salmon and the suite of fish that are also necessary to restore salmon is if we remove those four dams. That, that's, that's really helpful. And as you talked about, it's not just about salmon, it's about restoring an entire ecosystem that supports a wide variety of, of wildlife, of fish species. Can you just touch a little bit on some of the other species 
um, that would stand to benefit from a free flowing Kennebec River? Yeah, sure. So um, <clears throat> just there's a key concept to understand um, when thinking about uh, restoring Atlantic salmon, and that's the concept of cover species. If you only pass Atlantic salmon and only Atlantic salmon smolts are swimming out to the ocean, then predators are going to pick on them. The reason that salmon um, end up surviving, even though they're at much lower numbers naturally than many of the other species that are also sea-run fish, is because their migrations coincide with the, the migrations of much more numerous other species like alewife, like American eel, like um, shad, like river, uh, like blueback herring. And so when all of these species are restored as a suite, then Atlantic salmon are greatly protect, protected from predation because the likelihood is that a predator will pick on one of the other species and not Atlantic salmon. If you just have, have salmon, it doesn't work. Um, also, as a, a, an interesting species of fish is the sea lamprey, um, which has gotten a really bad rap because it's an invasive species in um, the Great Lakes, where it's caused a lot of trouble, but it's native in Maine waters. And <clears throat> Atlantic salmon lay their eggs in old sea lamprey nests. That's the best place for them to lay their eggs. And um, they really won't do as well unless sea lamprey are also restored. And the four dams on the Kennebec block 90% of the sea lamprey habitat, um, their spawning habitat in the, in the state of Maine, in the Kennebec River as well. So we really need to restore all of the species, even the unpopular ones like sea lamprey. That's great. And, and um, you know, I, Brookfield, through this process, has really proven itself to be a bad actor. You know, they're spreading misinformation. They're launching a big PR campaign to try to keep the dams in. I know recently, this is something I wanted to talk about that's been in the news, the Department of Marine Resources proposed an amendment to their Kennebec River management plan that suggested removal of two of the dams. Uh, unfortunately, they put it out under the wrong statute. So can you just give us an update on, on where that stands? Yeah, so uh, unfortunately is the right word. DMR um, biologists did a really good job with their management plan, and um, it went into incredible detail about the value of the, the habitat in the Kennebec um, the needs of the various species, the importance of restoring all of them, the problems that the dams were causing. But DMR is a scientific organization and they have their scientific ducks all in a row in this plan, but they put it out under the wrong law. And um, so they really, they didn't have authority under that law to issue a plan. And so they need to go back to the drawing board and, um, put the plan out uh, under a different law. I think they'll also um, probably have more opportunities for public comment on the plan than they did the first time around. But um, we're hopeful that eventually they'll come out with a plan that looks similar to this plan in substance because the substance is good and they'll come out with it under the correct uh, legal authority and be able to move forward. And, and I'll just note, we saw an amazing response from our supporters and from Maine people when we put out an action alert, people submitting comments in support of this plan. More than 900 people um, submitted comments. So you, we know that there's a lot of interest and support of um, dam removal. Um, can you just talk a little bit specifically about 
how Brookfield is actively harming salmon and standing in the way of restoring the Kennebec? Yeah, so Brookfield bought these four dams in uh, around 2013. And um, <clears throat> around that time, there was a plan to restore fish passage at these dams and, and have uh, fish go upstream. We didn't like this plan. It was based on engineered fish passage, and we didn't think it would work. Um, but it did require Brookfield to actually install fish passage at all four of these dams and fix uh, the fish passage at the Lockwood Dam, which is the first of the four dams, which doesn't work. And <clears throat> Brookfield didn't do that. They didn't put in fish passage at all, at all four of the dams, and they didn't fix the Lockwood Dam. They had seven years to do that. The plan expired um, on December 31st, 2019. They've done nothing since then either. Um, they've just been incredibly um, uh, unresponsive. They um, have proven themselves masters of delay. All the time that they delay without putting in fish passage or doing something with these dams just makes them money. And um, at the same time, you know, Atlantic salmon are on the edge of extinction. And it's, it's particularly galling with Brookfield because they're sort of the darlings of the, the – renewable energy investment crowd on wall street you know they they sell themselves as the company to invest in it, um, if you want to take advantage of the green energy revolution but they don't mention the fact that four of their small not very productive dams are going to drive atlantic salmon which is one of the u.s's most iconic species into extinction and that they're not cooperating with government agencies on trying to improve fish passage and it's not a very green company if you just use their behavior in Maine as an example. They have terrible fish passage throughout the state of Maine. They're actually in non-attainment with water quality standards on the Androscoggin River for failing fish passage. Uh, DEP denied them state certification for getting a, a, a new federal license on the Union River because they're killing fish and uh, failing to pass them at, at the dam there in Ellsworth. Um, they're just a terrible company to deal with. Um, they don't care. Yeah, and they're clearly not acting in the interests of Maine or our people or our wildlife. Um, you mentioned that the dams, relatively minor dams, um, you know, clearly they're doing more harm than good. And as I, I want to touch on this, as I understand it, the relatively minor hydropower they provide as electricity is is far outweighed by the harm they're doing to salmon in a free-flowing uh, Kennebec. Can you just touch on that quickly? Sure. So these are four dams together uh, that have about 45 megawatts of generating capacity. To put that in perspective, Maine has about 750 megawatts of hydroelectric capacity. We get half of that capacity from nine dams, just nine dams that are high up in the watershed of the Penobscot uh, and uh, the Kennebec and, and the Androscoggin, where they don't block uh, sea run fish as much. We have 120 dams generating power. So most of those dams are generating next to nothing, and they block sea run fish. These four dams, as I said, um, are terrible obstacles for sea run fish. Um, to give you another perspective on, on how little energy 45 megawatts actually is, the uh, Solar, Ener Solar Energy uh, um, Industries Association in America uh, anticipates that Maine is going to have something like 1,200 megawatts of solar power come online in the next five years. 
So even accounting for the fact that solar energy, uh, solar generators generate less of the time than hydropower generators, that's about five times uh, the capacity that these four dams have. So really, removing these dams would not be a significant hit to Maine's um, renewable energy uh, development, and it would stop, uh, you know, it would allow Atlantic salmon and other sea run species to colonize some of the best habitat in the state of Maine uh, in the Kennebec River. I think that's a really important point. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to wrap up um, our conversation by, you know, what what's the next thing, the next milestone coming up on this uh, campaign that uh, that you think people should be paying attention to? Well, one of the things that's going to going to happen uh, in the near future is that we're going to get um, a National Environmental Policy Act document from the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, um, which is going to be a draft document that maps out sort of this, the path forward for relicensing of one of these dams, the third dam on the river, the Shawmut Dam. And there will be opportunities for public comment on that document. Um, <clears throat> both the state of Maine and the National Marine Fisheries Service have recommended decommissioning and removal of the Shawmut Dam which we also support. And uh, it'll be an opportunity for people who care about the Kennebec and who care about river restoration to weigh in in support of uh, removing um, that major obstacle to sea run fish. Great. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show, giving our listeners some insight into your work on the Kennebec. Um, I want to note we're working, you are working closely with the Kennebec Coalition, which is a group of conservation organizations that includes Trout Unlimited, Atlantic Salmon Federation, and Maine Rivers uh, on this campaign. And of course, we're going to keep you updated on all the ways that you can get involved. want to make a quick programming note that we're hosting a webinar on the Kennebec uh, uh, Monday, April 26th. So you can visit our website uh, to learn more uh, in RSVP. And we'll also be posting a recording of that on our YouTube uh, channel. Um, before we go, here's what we're going to be paying attention to in the coming weeks. Uh, the Appropriations Committee is going to continue hearings on bonds. That's going to include hearings on uh, two bonds that would provide much needed funding for the very popular and effective Land for Maine's Future program. That's a priority for NRCM and the conservation community, among others. Uh, the Energy Utilities and Technology Committee is soon going to decide whether any changes uh, will be made on net energy billing uh, program for the so-called community solar energy projects which are up to five megawatts in scale. Uh, and we also, on the energy front, anticipate an announcement soon from Governor Mills about who she will be nominating for a vacancy on the Public Utilities Commission. This is going to be a really critical nomination, a critical addition to the PUC at a time when Maine needs to be developing a modern grid of the future that is designed for rapid expansion of clean energy uh, and reducing fossil fuels across all sectors. We also want to keep seeing the PUC holding CMP accountable. Um, and uh, finally, uh, a public hearing scheduled May 4th on a, on a bill sponsored by Assistant House Majority Leader Rachel uh, Talbot Ross to fully recognize sovereignty in Maine's tribes. So we're going to discuss this more in the next episode. Uh, and I'll just end with a quick programming note. NRCM is very excited to be hosting an Earth Day event with the Telling Room featuring young poets reading their poetry and discussing the need for environmental action. We're going to be recording the event and we'll release it as a special podcast on our YouTube channel in the coming weeks. 
and so that's the latest in Maine environmental news from NRCM. Nick, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciated having you on. Uh, and thanks again to all our listeners. Now, if you uh, like what you're hearing, I'm just going to remind you to please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or in whatever podcast player you're listening to. And we'll speak to you soon. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Maine Environment Frontline Voices. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast or leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast listening apps. To learn more about NRCM, please visit nrcm.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NRCM Environment. Until next time, thanks for your interest, attention, and involvement in the collective efforts by Maine people to protect the unique woods, waters, and wildlife of our state. Thanks again.